0: Welcome to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by
1: the following parody sponsors. The Georgia Governor Brian Kemp Public Health Policy Institute Against Public Health Policy, because wearing a mask makes it impossible for the governor to press his lips directly on President Trump's ass.
0: The Georgia Governor Brian Kemp Football Association, as the only football association where face masks are not required, the Brian Kemp Football Association is the leading cause of the type of brain damage that leads to supporting Brian Kemp's refusal to mandate masks.
1: And the Republican Governor's Association of Science Denial and Frivolous Lawsuits, suing to prevent policies that prevent the spread of COVID, because eventually COVID will fall off the flat surface of the flat earth and disappear to wherever the sun goes at night. I am Dave. And I am Molly. And our voices are as low as America's infection curve would be if our leaders were as effective as a thin piece of cloth.
0: Our top story this week. The Trump White House has repeatedly complained that every anonymous source in every news story they don't like is made up.
2: Anonymous is a fake word, which would mean fake if it was a real word, but it's a fake word. So it means nothing.
1: As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, because we hear he hates that.
2: Alcoholics Anonymous is anonymous, so you can't trust anonymous sources because anonymous is an alcoholic.
0: So, it should come as no surprise that when the Trump White House decided to slander Dr. Fauci, the only member of the White House Coronavirus Task Force whose face is far enough away from the President's ass to see the truth, they did so using anonymous sources.
2: Fake news media. I'm one of those alcoholic sources.
3: Hello, Mr. President.
2: Fake news, fake news! I'm not President Trump. I'm President Desk Lamp. I mean, not President Desk Lamp. I, I'm just a regular guy named Desk Lamp, who mm-hmm. is not the president. hmm
3: hmm What do you want?
2: Dr. Fauci is a dum-dum, and nobody should listen to him because he says mean things about me. I mean, he says mean things about Trump, who is not me.
1: Ironically, Dr. Fauci, whose understanding of the coronavirus has evolved as more information becomes available, is being accused of getting too many things about the coronavirus wrong by the Trump administration, which has been more wrong about the coronavirus than America was about the upstanding moral character of Bill Cosby.
4: This one time before there was adequate scientific evidence to definitively prove that wearing masks was an effective mitigation measure, Dr. Fauci said that there wasn't adequate scientific evidence to definitively prove that wearing masks is an effective mitigation measure.
5: As the Vice President and Head of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, I can concur with Kaylee McEnany, The woman who gets to do things to President Trump I can only dream of. I mean, the press secretary.
2: Nanny nanny boo boo, Fauci was wrong.
6: I can't believe I'm being criticized for getting things wrong by the man who suggested that human beings should inject disinfectant into their
4: bodies. Plus, one time, when nobody thought a national shutdown was unavoidable, Dr. Fauci said a national shutdown might be avoidable.
5: No one has ever been more wrong about anything.
2: The virus will disappear, just like a miracle.
6: Seriously? My credibility is being called into question by a man who claims that the rise in infection is due to doing more tests?
2: If we stopped doing tests, then there wouldn't be any cases because testing causes cases. Because the invisible enemy lives inside the q-tips they put up your nose.
5: He honestly believes the virus is caused by shoving q-tips into your body. Ow! That's why he doesn't let me shove my head up his bottom anymore.
4: Oe. And then this one time you said that you could put sunlight inside people's skin.
3: That was the president.
4: Fuck. You can take
2: the sunshine and then you lift up the skin like an silence of the lamps. <laughs> And then you take the sunshine machine and you spray the sunshine, like Lysol, under the skin. And then you sew the skin back on and you can do it very easily and very quickly. Because I said this to the doctors. The doctors said, nobody knows more about skin sewing and sunshine machines than Trump.
6: But I'm the one that keeps getting things wrong.
4: The president did such a great job at combating the virus. But one almost entire month that he bothered to try and combat the virus that we don't have to do anything else to combat the virus.
5: President Trump has done more than any president in history to make me hot and bothered. I mean to combat the China virus.
4: Yeah. The China virus is China's fault. So maybe if you spent less time trying to solve the China virus problem in America, and more time constantly reminding Americans that the China virus comes from China, then maybe more Americans would blame China for the existence of the China virus and stop blaming us for America's appalling response to the China virus.
6: But I have to figure out effective strategies for combating the virus. It is my job.
4: it's it's my job what what does that even mean What kind of an idiot does their job instead of refusing to do their job while insisting so vociferously that they're actually doing a great job at the job they're not actually doing, that pretending to be doing a good job instead of actually doing your job becomes a full-time job?
5: (laughs) Silly scientist. Jobs are for poor people. Psst.
2: Fake news. It's President Lampshade. I mean, not President Stapler. I mean, I'm not the president. And my name is a real name and not just an object I happen to be looking at. Anyway, I have some more alcohol information. Dr. Fauci is so stupid. He thinks doing his job is his job. Mm-hmm. Who can take a sunrise, sprinkle it with bleach? Add a little
1: Isol and some hydrochloroquine.
2: The Trumpy man can cause he sprinkles it with bleach and makes the world seem flat.
0: The change in consumer spending habits during COVID-19 has led to a coin shortage, which has resurrected the
1: debate about eliminating the penny. On the one hand, We could save U.S. Mint resources and focus more on the production of other coins. On the other hand, we can keep manufacturing a coin that costs more to manufacture than its actual value. What's to debate?
0: With more on this story, we turn to U.S. Treasury correspondent Penny Worth. Hi,
7: I'm Penny Worth, reporting from the U.S. Mint. Last year, 60% of the coins made here were pennies. Despite the fact that a penny is so worthless that I see a penny lying on the ground 10 feet away and have no desire to pick it up. Excuse me, ma'am? Do you work here at the Mint? Uh, Yeah. You spend your days making a coin so worthless that when a cashier hands me one, I get a tiny bit angry. How does that make you feel? It's more fulfilling than my
2: old job.
7: What's less fulfilling than manufacturing millions of hunks of metal so worthless that convenience stores put out a special tray just to spare you
2: from having to put them in your pocket? Uh, I used to manufacture AOL free trial CDs.
7: I'm 26 and I don't know what those are. (laughs) You're lucky. Would you be in favor of abolishing the penny? Would I lose my job? Um, let's say no. Or you'd get a job making something even more worthwhile, like junk mail envelopes. Then, yeah. Even though the penny is so worthless that tourists will pay 50 cents to turn a penny into the world's stupidest souvenirs just so they don't have to have a penny anymore, attempts to eliminate the penny have an uphill climb. I spoke to former representative Jim Colby of Arizona, who was one of the first to propose abolishing the one-cent coin.
8: Yeah, good luck getting rid of that goddamn penny. I've been trying since the late 80s. And it was a bit more then. You could buy a can of cola for just 25 of the bastards.
7: Now the penny's so worthless that if you try to pay for a coke in pennies, it's an act of contempt.
8: Exactly. Truth be told, when I first proposed the bill, I didn't care about the penny. I just proposed it as part of a plan to get a one dollar coin made using good old Arizona copper. But soon I realized how much money we'd save if we stopped making the damn thing, so every session I proposed getting rid of it.
7: What possible arguments were there against you?
8: Well, there was Speaker of the House Dennis Hastert from Illinois coming at me with this nonsense.
6: I come from the land of Lincoln, and I'm proud that my state's great president is honored on a coin so worthless that leaving a hundred of them as a tip is worse than leaving no tip at all. What would Lincoln say if he knew that we were trying to diminish his legacy?
8: But hell, we took the Lincoln Memorial off the back of the thing a decade ago And Abe didn't come out of his grave to condemn us all to Hades So I think we'd be okay
5: <sighs>
8: uh, After Haster, you had the zinc mining lobby
9: If you stop making pennies, what will we do with all this zinc? Make lozenges, batteries, brass instruments, fungicides, anticoagulants
8: And a list of a million other things we use zinc for Then there were people who took to calling it a rounding tax. What
2: about all the products that cost $9.99? Suddenly they'll all be a full $10? That's basically a tax. And I'm against taxes.
8: Said a senator who was born so rich she's never been shopping before. After tax, all those $9.99 products are some random number, and when you buy a bunch of them, half the time you'll round up a nickel, half the time you'll round down, and the consumer breaks even. But math is not a requirement to be a senator, apparently.
7: So you proposed eliminating the penny over a dozen times and never succeeded.
8: That's Congress for you. So resistant to any kind of change, they're completely unwilling to change the way they make our pocket change.
7: There you have it. Change is the only thing people hate even more than a coin so worthless that...
3: Excuse
6: me? Uh, yes? I'm sorry to bother you, uh, but I'm, I'm very hungry, and... I was just wondering if you could spare any change. Uh, any small amount helps.
7: Um... I don't have anything, but there's a penny on the ground over there.
6: A penny?
3: Fuck off!
7: So very, very worthless.
0: The $600 a week federal unemployment supplement A provision of the CARE Act that has been helping millions of furloughed workers survive the COVID crisis is set to expire at the end of this month, even as the economy is suffering the dire consequences of being forced to backtrack towards a second lockdown as a direct result of having been forced to open too soon.
1: The Democrat-controlled House has passed several bills to extend the benefits, but the same Senate Republicans who insisted that the economy move forward too soon have refused to move forward on helping the workers, hurt by their rush to move forward.
9: Why, I do declare all the hollering we did to drown out the science and the hurrying we did to rush the reopening has just got me too plumb tuckered out to do a bunch of work aimed at helping people who are too lazy to work through a pandemic.
0: That was Senate Republican Senator and whinier Tennessee Williams character Lindsey Graham, who, upon learning that the $600 a week that Congress determined, on a bipartisan basis, was a minimal amount of money for people to survive on in a pandemic, is in fact more money than some low-wage earners actually make at their full-time jobs,
1: declared,
9: Why, I do declare we are giving these poor people entirely too much money.
1: The obvious and correct response to learning that the minimum amount of money they had decided that people can get by on during a pandemic is more money than millions of full-time workers actually earn could have been
9: Why I do declare we need to raise wages Instead of Why if these poor people making more money sitting at home than they do working full-time they might become lazy
0: For a deeper look at this equal parts cruel and stupid reaction, Barely Audible Whisper found a laid-off worker to file this report because they had nothing better to do.
2: I used to work full-time, but then I got furloughed when the economy shut down. Then I started working part-time when the economy half-assed reopened. But now I'm furloughed again because as anybody could have predicted, reopening the economy with absolutely no plan in the middle of a pandemic was bound to fail. Anybody that is except for Senate Majority Leader and Evil Tortoise Mitch McConnell.
3: We figured out how to use the PPP loans to extort businesses into reopening too early and threaten to take away people's unemployment benefits if they didn't feel safe going back to work. Uh, But we didn't realize that businesses can't make money if their customers are too afraid to leave the house, <laughs>
4: I'm not afraid to leave the house. And I'm not some scared sheep who's going to wear a mask or not gather in large groups. And it is my right as an American to hurl abuse and COVID droplets and minimum wage employees who could get fired if they talk back to me. <laughs>
3: Uh, we didn't realize that the people who were least afraid to leave the house were the most likely to be responsible jackasses who are most likely to spread the virus.
9: (laughs) Well, at least they weren't at home doing nothing but living it up on their taxpayer-funded raise of barely enough to scrape by.
2: So now, as the infection rate is soaring higher than it was when we first went into
4: shutdown mode, that's bullshit. More people die every year from the flu. If you count all of the Americans that died in both the Vietnam and Korean wars as annual flu deaths,
2: which is causing the economy to hemorrhage even more money than it did when we first shut down.
3: Uh, I'm making plenty of money and protecting the money of the other rich people that are making money.
2: The millions of workers who risked their lives to test the idiotic theory that ignoring science in favor of the material
4: convenience of the wealthy I need a manicure, and a facial, and an underpaid service worker to breathe on. And
2: the political convenience of the powerful
9: We need to send people back to their jobs which aren't safe to go back to because we didn't do our jobs. Because we can't afford to keep paying ourselves not to do our jobs, while also paying poor people not to do their jobs, which they're in danger of losing because we didn't do our jobs.
2: Are on the verge of once again losing the jobs we just restarted. While at the same time, losing the relief money we survived on the first time we lost our jobs. Because Republicans cannot grasp the elementary school concept of
4: cause and effect. Wearing a mask is exactly
10: the same as the Holocaust.
9: If people get more money to not work than they earn by working, then they will lose the incentive to work. Therefore, the only reasonable thing to do is starve some of the workers to death and then use the threat of starvation as leverage against the rest of the workers, some which we will force to fight to the death for our amusement as we feast on the carcasses of the workers we starve to death.
3: Uh, I know that sounds like an exaggeration, but I'm holding desperately needed COVID relief money hostage so I can get a provision in the bill that makes it impossible for workers who contract COVID on the job to get any restitution from either the government or their employer.
4: Good. It's their own fault for being forced to be in a position where I could get them sick.
2: Or barely audible whisper. You there, I'm still in-
9: podcast peasant, for more money than you make at your job, but less money than you need to get by in a pandemic, I'll pay you to fight this other peasant to the day of.
0: Several high-profile verified Twitter accounts including Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Kanye West, and Bill Gates were hacked on Wednesday as part of a Bitcoin scam. The hacked accounts posted tweets promising that if people sent Bitcoin to a linked web address that Bill Gates, Barack Obama, etc. would send the person twice as much Bitcoin in return saying, quote,
1: You send me $1,000 and I'll send you back $2,000. Thankfully, the scam didn't make much money because few people were dumb enough to fall for it. As a matter of policy, Barely Audible Whisper attempts to avoid victim-blaming. But occasionally, some victims are just too stupid to make that policy possible to follow. Despite the fact that the
0: actual scam did not lure many poor, unfortunate... Stupid... ...victims, the ability of hackers to gain access to supposedly secure accounts has caused grave concerns amongst cybersecurity experts.
1: For more on the security implications of the Twitter hack, Barely Audible Whisper turns to our security correspondent, name Redacted.
10: Hello, I'm
3: Redacted.
10: And as an expert with
3: Redacted
10: years of experience in the field of
3: Redacted,
10: I can tell you that I find this Twitter hack to be the most alarming thing I've seen since.
3: Redacted.
4: The hackers were evidently able to
2: compromise the internal tools of our own employees to access our most secure accounts.
10: Twitter has become such an obligatory source of information that the ability of hackers to access the secure accounts of high profile figures and trusted sources of information could very easily lead to much more catastrophic events than a handful of idiots being screwed out of what isn't even real money.
0: Again, as a matter of policy, Barely Audible Whisper attempts to avoid victim blaming.
1: But we do enjoy pointing out that Bitcoin is a scam, so the two policies cancel each other out.
10: Imagine that instead of screwing idiots out of not real money, the hackers instead gained access to an official government voter information account and sent out false information about changes in polling locations.
2: Plus, it makes all of those jackasses who aren't actually important but go through the tedious process of getting their accounts verified just because the blue check mark makes them feel special, feel less special.
10: Even under the best circumstances, the possibility that a nefarious hacker could spread false information, posing as a trusted news source or escalate a potential military conflict posing as a world leader is an incredibly dangerous prospect. But we don't live under the best circumstances. We live in a world where Donald J. Trump is the President of the United States. President Trump already
2: uses our platform to make insane, poorly thought-through policy pronouncements almost as often as James Woods uses our platform to pretend that anyone cares what James Woods thinks.
1: As always, our Trump impersonator is still a woman, because we hear he still hates that.
2: I hereby declare that all American troops have exactly seven minutes to get out of Syria. And no, I didn't give any of the General's advance notice because I had to keep it a secret. Shhh. Just like the firing of my entire cabinet, which I just now decided to also do.
10: If hackers were able to access President Trump's Twitter account, they could tweet out any insane message they wanted, and nobody would doubt for a second that it was an authentic Trump tweet.
6: I hereby declare all capital letters war on
1: China, exclamation point. In this instance, our Trump impersonator is not a woman because the impersonator is impersonating an impersonator.
10: Not only does Trump tweet almost as many impulsive and insane things as he says, but he lies about not having said or tweeted what he clearly said or tweeted, so often that nobody would believe his denials.
2: I never declared war on China, even though I could if I wanted to, because I have the absolute right to declare war on China, because they are ripping us off on the trade and the China virus. And when you take a look at all of the things And many people are saying that I should declare war on China because Hunter Biden is really German Mao.
6: In order to prevent massive voter fraud by the Democrats and the mail-in ballots, because the mail is a Democrat and the fake news media, which is very unfair to me, which is why I'm losing in all the polls, I hereby declare that the election is canceled and I win. Yay and because there's no voting, there can be no voter fraud.
10: The president's own press secretary might even spin the fake tweet, assuming it was real, because deep down, she knows he's insane.
4: The fake news is trying to advance the false narrative that just because the president canceled the election, that he's somehow anti-election. But if anybody is anti-election, It's the Democrats who are trying to prevent the reelection of the duly elected president for purely political reasons.
10: There's no limit to things hackers could say if they were able to access Trump's Twitter account.
6: Coronavirus is a Democrat hoax. I hereby declare that I will reopen the economy and the schools with no plan for mitigating with the virus or the inevitable economic disaster and massive amounts of needless deaths caused by my reckless policies.
10: Then again, we're only three fake Trump lines into this sketch. And the worst thing we could think of for fake Trump to say is what the real Trump is actually doing.
6: I hereby declare that COVID is real and very serious.
10: Maybe we'll get lucky and the hacker Trump will actually be qualified.
6: We need a science-based, Data-driven, full-on government response that prioritizes public health and well-being and protects the livelihoods of millions of people and thousands of small businesses who will be temporarily disrupted as the country collectively makes sacrifices towards the unified goal of beating this horrible virus.
1: L O L O L O L O L O L L. Even I know that's not a real Trump tweet. And I was dumb enough to believe that Barack Obama wanted me to send him $1,000 worth of not real money.
2: That fake Trump is weak.
0: Robert Unanue, the CEO of Goya, the largest Latinx-owned company in America... Triggered a boycott amongst his predominantly Latinx customer base when he effusively praised President Trump, the most anti-Latinx president in the history of the existence of the term Latinx.
6: We are so blessed to be led by President Trump who, even though he called Mexicans rapists, referred to Hispanic refugees as dangerous hordes of criminals and has advanced an anti-immigrant agenda so extreme it includes the forced separation of children from their parents. He's nice to me because I was born wealthy and inherited my position as the CEO of a billion dollar company. So in Trump's eyes, I'm practically white.
1: Una Newway has refused to apologize for his remarks and has decried the predictable backlash against his company as an assault on his freedom of speech.
6: My exercise of the freedom of speech is under assault by my customers exercising the freedom not to buy my products because freedom of speech isn't truly freedom unless it includes the freedom to not be held accountable by the freedom of other people to freely react to my freedom of speech. In other words... In Trump's eyes, I'm practically
0: white. For more on this story, Barely Audible Whisper turns to Sarah Roberts, our stereotypically white correspondent who does that annoying thing white reporters do when they cover Latinx stories, where she unnecessarily rolls her R's, overemphasizes a Latina accent every time she pronounces a Spanish word, and arbitrarily interjects random Spanish words into her reporting.
2: Hola, I'm Sarah Roberts. Reporting on the controversy surrounding Goya CEO Roberto Unanue's recent support for El Presidente Trump. If it's Goya,
4: it has to be good.
2: That was El Presidente Trump's La Nina, sex fantasy and most trusted advisor Ivanka Trump who tweeted an image of herself holding a can of Goya beans, like a spokesmodel captioned with a Goya slogan in English y también en español.
4: Sí, as Goya tiene que ser bueno. Pero Ivanka tiene un problema mucho, because ethics
2: rules prohibit White House officials from endorsing private businesses,
4: private services, e-consumer-productos. That is completely unfair. You soy freedom of el speecho to endorse cans of beans that endorse daddy and to accuse the Jolly Green giant of being a Jolly Green communist who supports the Jolly Green New Deal.
6: My company is the only major US supplier of thousands of food products that are popular in Latinx countries, but difficult to find in America. The lack of consumer options means that a successful long-term Goya boycott will be difficult to sustain unless competing companies are able to emerge into the market.
4: Yeah, and I work for Daddy, and daddy controls the rules that govern the markets that Goya monopolizes. So there is no conflicto del interest aquí.
2: Ivanka's endorsement of Goya was reminiscent of a scandal early in Trump's El Presidente in which White House advisor and proof that lying is bad for your skin, Kellyanne Conway, endorsed Ivanka's products on Fox
4: News. Ivanka is a woman who works. And as a woman who works, she sells clothing for women who work. That women who work can wear when those women go to work.
6: Okay, but I was asking about President Trump's health care. Pro-
4: women who work by Ivanka. Available in sizes petite through too fat to be sexually assaulted by the president.
6: Proposal. He wants to repeal Obamacare, but what is...
4: Whether you work directly for your rich father or you use your rich father's money to finance your very own company.
6: Specifically, does he want to replace it with?
4: Women Who Work by Ivanka is the perfect fashion choice for women who want to appear to work without having to do any actual work.
3: So you're just not even gonna bother to try and create the illusion of ethical behavior.
4: Women Who Work by Ivanka, the kleptocratic clothing line that looks almost as good as greed feels.
2: And while the multitude of scandals that have plagued this administration almost make a basic unethical conflict of interest scandal seem quaint, this scandal is especially upsetting because in the middle of a national pandemic, El Presidente found time in his disconnectedly empty schedule to out-violation Ivanka. Ivanka is getting more attention than me. I hate that. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, porque nosotros escuchamos No Te Gusta. I'm going to put a bunch of Goya stuff on my desk and pose for a thumbs up picture because I have nothing better to do in the middle of a national crisis than upstage my daughter. And in my eyes, the Goya guy is practically white. He's white. And as disgusted as most Americans may be with El Presidente's mucho malo ethics violations, Trump supporters find themselves facing an even more mucho problema.
6: Oh, I hate Goya because it's beans for Mexicans. But if the Goya guy likes Trump, and Trump likes Goya, and the Mexicans don't like Goya anymore, does that mean I have to buy Mexican beans to support Trump by spiting the Mexicans who don't buy the Mexican beans anymore? Or is it still wrong to buy Mexican beans because they're Mexican?
4: To own the libs or hate the beans. This is truly the moral quandary of our time.
6: Alas, poor Yorick, you might be right.
0: Thank you for listening to Barely Audible Whisper Starring uh, writer, co-host, and producer Dave Baldwin Co-host and actress Molly Brown Writer and actor Daniel Carter Brown Actors Corey Burns, Ali Galanick, and Michael Morgan Please check out our website, barelyaudiblewhisper.com And subscribe to us and follow us on social media And tell all your friends you think we're funny We appreciate your support
4: I got my food. We got Farm Burger. Mm. Who's
2: we? You and Kitty? Yeah. Duh. That's all I have. Kitty
6: got...
3: (laughs) 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 Wow. (laughs) I mean, same, but wow.